Welcome on this third day of April, uh, where we are again connecting in the world in our broadcasts. Exodus 19, Exodus 19, we are reading from there, verse 4, 5, and 6. He says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I took you on the wings of an eagle and brought you to myself. And now, if you will truly obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be a peculiar people to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be a kingdom of priests to me and a holy nation. And these are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Then this scripture is supported and backed up by a very interesting testimony in the book of Numbers, uh, which tells us the life story of, again, the children of Israel as they were marching and moving to the place of their destination. Verse 20, chapter 24 of Numbers, verse 1. Now, when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as at other times to seek to curse using sorcery, but he set his face towards the wilderness. And Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel camped, Israel encamped according to their tribes. And the Spirit of God came upon him. Then he took up his oracle. And we know how he went on to bless the people of God during that time. I'm speaking in this broadcast about dominion. Dominion through divine alignment. Dominion through divine alignment. Now, never fear anything. Never fear anything. Jesus taught us to say, do not fear those that can destroy the flesh. Never fear them because they don't have ultimate control. They don't have ultimate power that, uh, to determine your destiny. That includes disease and sickness. That includes the current situation that you are personally going through. The thing that we must always revere and decide and make a decision to align with is the Almighty God himself because he is in control. Now, there are two situations here regarding the children of Israel and we can learn deep and vast lessons from that. And we can apply that into our day and our time today. In the midst of what is happening right now, we need a solid rock to stand on and a solid principle and blueprint to stand on. And the word of God provides that free of charge. So in Exodus, we have been told this true story. The children of Israel are in their third month. They've left Egypt. They've come from a place which was structured. They've come from a, remember Egypt during those days, prior to the coming of the children of Israel out of Egypt, Egypt was the superpower of the whole world. 
um, in terms of civilizations and the history of civilizations in the world, the first known civilization globally, which was bringing knowledge and wisdom and direction across the world was the Egyptian civilization right here in Africa. And during that time, the children of Israel, God has taken them out of that most powerful earthly civilization, most powerful earthly structure and system, the economic system of Egypt, the economic system that was representing the biggest power in the world. It had collapsed. It had come to an end abruptly during the time of the Exodus. And so that system can no longer sustain these people. They've got now to depend on a new system. Uh, the order, whether you're talking of media, whether you're talking of finance, whether you're talking of water, everything has really shut down because they are now cut off from that. Even those who have remained in Egypt itself, they no longer were having the original facilities because remember, the outbreak of the Ten Judgments, those outbreaks had caused everything to close down. Uh, you remember the officials of Egypt, they spoke to Pharaoh. They spoke to Pharaoh and said, don't you notice that Egypt has been destroyed? Why don't you, why don't you let God's people go? Why don't you permit God's people to go and become a kingdom of priests, to go and worship the Lord in the manner? that God has commanded them. That was the situation by the time the children of Israel left Egypt. And so they are also not yet themselves. They are not yet in the land of Canaan, the land of promise. They are still in the wilderness. They have come. Verse one says in the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of Egypt, on the first day of the month, they came into the wilderness and into the desert of Sinai. So they are not yet in the promised land and they are no more in Egypt. So they are somewhere in the middle and that middle has got the outward appearance and features of a desert and a wilderness. But where they are coming from, God was promising them to say, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And at the same time, God was saying to them, I'm taking you to the promised land. But now they are in the middle. They have not arrived at the promised land. They have not arrived. But they are now in the desert and in the wilderness. That is what they are seeing outwardly. Now, uh, the scripture then begins to decode and begins to interpret for us how to handle that kind of a conflict, how to handle that kind of something that looks like a contradiction. I'm going to show you that there is no contradiction right now between where you are versus where God said he was taking us, where you are versus where we have come from. Indeed, God has rejected the systems where we have come from. That is why he has not defended them. The systems where we have come from, the reason why they collapsed is because they were not matching with God's blueprint. They were not matching with God's order. So God had no obligation to sustain that which does not look like him that which is not taking nations where God wants nations to go. God has no obligation to sustain even sometimes our own church systems that are not taking us where God 
said he wants to take us. So God has no obligation. He has got a sovereign right and sovereign authority to pull down and then to plant and to build. So anything that God has not preserved, anything that God is not preserving, don't try to rescue that thing, lest you come into head-on collision with Almighty God himself. It is time to reflect, it is time to align and to connect with God and to seek his mind and to connect and hear what he is trying to say and what it is that he is trying to build. So God at that juncture visits um, Moses after Moses who had gone up to God. This is also the time that we must not be murmuring and complaining. This is time to simply go up to God and begin to hear the voice of God because the voice of God came uh, to Moses uh, when he had gone up to God. You will find that in the house where you are, in the wherever place where you are in that isolation and whatever, uh, or in that city of lockdown, if you go up to God, you will hear his voice because he is waiting for those that will go up to him. Then he says to Moses, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. He actually takes responsibility and ownership. And he says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. So he says, I'm the one who did it. And how I took you as an eagle on the wings of an eagle. And I brought you to myself. So what God simply was doing there was to take his people away from worldly systems that were taking them nowhere. In fact, those systems were trying to clone God's people and to turn them not only into slaves, but to turn them into people that have no more divine identity, no more divine destiny, no more divine origins. Uh, just like the whole system of many places in this world was trying to do, it was trying to disfigure and to change God's original picture and mind and purpose of the church so that it would become something else. And so God begins to tear down systems that were cutting us off from God's fellowship. In fact, it's quite, quite surprising. And it's, it was quite shocking sometimes that millions and millions of people that were going to church, they were simply going to church because they are amused and mesmerized by the building that they built or the building that they found built, uh, or they were going to church because, uh, yeah, the pastor is a very good speaker. And, uh, you know, sometimes um, you are received very well at the door of the church, but people had no knowledge of God, nothing to do with God, no voice of God, no word of God. Everything was about people to people. And so God has no obligation to continue sub sustaining things that misrepresent him. So this is why when God says, uh, when I shut up the heavens, that there be no rain, and I, or when I send locusts to devour the land, or when I send pestilences uh, across the land, he then says, if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves, this is no time to be proud. This is not time to defend your church building or your church project or your political project, which has gone bankrupt right now. This is not time to defend what we were building. This is time to humble ourselves and seek 
the face of God. Turn from our wicked ways. Seek the face of God and pray. God himself promises to say he will hear in heaven. He will forgive our sin. He will heal the land. We must acknowledge and we've got to acknowledge that there was sin somewhere. There was uh, lawlessness, transgressions and iniquity roaming around freely and unchecked both outside the house of God and, and, and many times also unfortunately in some places in the house of God. So God now then calls us to order and he says, uh, if we repent, if we turn from our wicked ways, if we seek his face, if we pray, he will hear in heaven, forgive our sin and he will heal the land. So the answer is not far away. The answer is not just with the end of uh, coronavirus. The answer is right in front of us in the scripture as per Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And the open door is open to everyone to be able to humble yourself. Don't argue with God. Don't just murmur and protest and grumble, but just humble ourselves and we'll see the healing of the land. We can't come out of this situation more wounded than we entered. We must prepare to come out healed. We must prepare to come out uh, with a gift and a present of a land that has been healed, that has been refreshed by God, and that has been redirected and realigned by God to go to the promised land. Now, the scripture continues in Exodus 19 there, to say, if you will, whilst you are standing in the desert there and wilderness of Sinai, you need to know that none of these things can be able to stop you from going where I called you to go. None of these things. Coronavirus has no power. It has no authority to stop your calling, to stop your ministry, to stop your business, to stop your family, to stop the city or the nation that loves God from going where God originally said we were going to go, provided we are willing to humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways, turn from our sin and seek the face of God and pray. God has a promise to heal and to restore everything. So he goes on to make a promise to these people. And he says to them, uh, if you will now hear my voice, if you will now hear my voice and keep my covenant, this is why, it is during this period of this outbreak that we have started to send out this broadcast so that we can bring God's voice to the people. This is not time to just be roaming around and uh, receiving and sending and forwarding so many uh, strange things that are going on on WhatsApp platforms and on several other platforms, including fake stories and so forth. We, it is time to pay attention uh, and, and, and to put your ear close to God's voice and keep God's covenant. Uh, then he says, regardless of the fact that you are in the wilderness, in the desert, you shall be a peculiar people among and out of all the peoples of the earth, because the whole earth, God says, it's mine. So what does this mean to us? This means to us, God has got a peculiar, he has got a unique a place and a unique system and a unique means and door and opportunity by which he can sustain his people even through 
uh, places that look like wilderness, places that look like deserts, places that look like nothing can come out of that. If we only humble ourselves and pay attention, pay heed and focus with our hearts to the voice of God, strategies will begin to come out. Opportunities will begin to come out and things that we could not understand or even believe or ever dream about, we will find that there are solutions. We'll give birth to stronger things, stronger platforms, stronger initiatives than what we were doing before this outbreak came. If you will humble yourself, if you'll hear my voice, if you'll turn and keep uh, my covenant, you shall be a peculiar people. Peculiar means you are performing, you are achieving, you are, you are reaching out and you are attaining what cannot be explained in the context of your limitations, what cannot be explained given your difficult circumstances, but nevertheless you are breaking through peculiar people. Now, did God fulfill what he was talking? Yes, he did. 40 years, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. There was no agriculture. There was no commercial farming. There were no exports and imports. Everything was coming from God's economy just to demonstrate the sovereign potency of God, the sovereign power of God. We are sometimes so deceived and deluded to think that things will happen because we ourselves have done something. We have turned ourselves sometimes into God himself and trying to be like God or to trying to be God. It's not supposed to be so. 40 years in the wilderness, God was able to sustain them by supernatural strategies, supernatural release, I'm not saying that's the normal permanent order by which nations and cities and churches and families will survive by. But I'm saying in times of emergency, times of crisis, times of disaster, uh, God has still a way for sustaining his people, provided we are not specialists in memorying and complaining and jostling and tumbling upon one another. Uh, God is able to sustain us. So I want to wind up right now by showing us uh, the principle that God shows here. The principle that was going to make these people to be a peculiar people, to be a people that will receive bountiful sustenance, bountiful harvests, bountiful uh, economy, even in the midst of a 40-year wilderness and desert life, but none of them were going to starve to death. Yes, I refuse to simply accept that, yeah, because you are not going to work, because you are not moving in and out of your house every day, therefore you are expecting to die. I break and I overthrow that lie from your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. They were not selling anything to anyone, but God broke through and introduced a supernatural system and sustained over two and a half million people for 40 years in the wilderness and in the desert by the principle number one of hearing the voice of God. Number two, the principle of obeying his covenant. And his covenant, you know, his covenant was also 
then demanding and putting a demand upon them to say, the life that you shall live, you shall begin to live the life of a kingdom of priests. God's people are not just supposed to be Methodists, Anglicans, Pentecostals, Baptists, and all kinds of things. Above all, in terms of the heavenly blueprint and highest connection, we are supposed to be above everything in order for us to be above all kinds of earthly limitations and earthly barriers and earthly people. We are supposed to abide by the covenant of our calling, which is the covenant of being a kingdom of priests. This is not just an Old Testament uh, philosophy. This is even spoken by Peter. He makes it very clear in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He still speaks to say to the believers of the New Testament, you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a special people, and so forth. So he was actually taking it from a place such as uh, the book of Exodus 19, verse 6 here. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests. We shall not be uh, people who are going to prosper if we operate selfishly. Now, out of what we already have, there are things, there are gifts, there are talents, there are skills, there are God-given revelations that are logged in our churches there that are supposed to be dished out and connected with the next church and the next city and the next country. When we get rid of ethnicism, get rid of racism, when we get rid of uh, denominationalism, and when we get rid of all the kinds of isms and selfishnesses that have bound us, mentalities that are against God, mentalities that hinder us from coming together, connecting to one another and becoming a kingdom of priests. A kingdom is not a one-man band. It's not a one-man show. It's a kingdom, meaning to say connectivities. When you become so connected, things will begin to happen. Now, that is why you find, even where we read earlier on in Numbers chapter 24, Balaam, who was a celebrated, uh, a very infamous kind of a sorcerer, but in his realms and territories and spheres, he was a celebrated sorcerer, diviner, and, and almost like a wizard. Um, he was known for cursing things and for cursing things, and they would collapse and they would fall down. But however, when he was hired by Balaam to come and curse Israel, the scripture makes it clear in Numbers 24, verse 2, that when he lifted up his eyes, when he looked into the wilderness, when he saw, you know, Israelites, he saw them camped. He saw them encamped by their tribes. They were so structured. They were interconnected as a nation, line upon line. Each one was in their place of divine deployment. And because of that kingdom of priests order that was upon them, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon Balaam. Balaam, who was supposed to be a diviner, a sorcerer, somebody who curses nations and people, suddenly the Holy Spirit took over. I decree and I prophesy over your life. I decree and I prophesy over your ministry and uh, your family and everything that you have been building now if you will realign with god's covenant for us to sake that to forsake our individualities our wayward and uh, awkward mentalities 
of selfishness and begin to connect to what God is doing in the earth in our time. Connect where God is saying connect. Utilize your gift. Commit yourself. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Repent and cause your ministry, your uh, house of God, the church that you are part of, the ministry, the department, the home cell that you are part of, the business that you are running, cause it, begin to avail it and begin to present it as a living sacrifice that pleases God, as a living sacrifice to say, okay, naked I came, naked I'll go out, but while I'm alive, I'll do the will of God. Many of us have been running away from the will of God. Many of us have not been aligning and availing ourselves to connect to what God wants you to become a part of. And many of you, you may, you, 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 you are in this trend and this, in this very worldly culture whereby unless you are the leader, then nothing must move. Unless you are the leader, then what God has said cannot take part, you know, cannot come to you know to 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 uh, fruition it cannot happen what, unless you are the leader yourself what god has said cannot take place you have got to repent from those kinds of attitudes because god is actually assuring us to say if we can align with his covenant and of which his covenant is a kingdom covenant it, it is a, a covenant of building his kingdom in the earth. So if we align with that, there will be a change. There will be a shift around our lives. So the scripture finally goes on to tell us here very clearly to say, um, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, which means connectivity, connected, um, working together looking for one another because you can't be an island and expect the full blessing of God to, to flow through your life or to flow upon your life because the blessing of God wants to flow through you to others and it wants to flow through others to you. So there is a requirement, there is an obligation that we have got to align with God's covenant. So in this period that looks like a wilderness, a desert, a, a pandemic outbreak and crisis and so forth, the obligation is upon us that we might repent, we might turn from our wicked ways, we might humble ourselves, seek the face of God, find out what it is that God has been speaking but you are not obeying because you were so busy with the worldly taskmasters that were assigning you one thing after the other endlessly and you were never going to do the will of God. Now the time has come. There are places maybe where God has been saying, go and help, go and serve, go and be part of this, or go and lead this, or go and you know facilitate this. And th that thing, the reason sometimes others were not obeying that was because there is no upfront promise of some pay somewhere but God, through Jesus Christ, makes this principle very clear. He says, don't worry first about what you shall eat and about what you shall drink, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, the establishment of the kingdom culture, the manifestation of the kingdom of priests. Then all these other things shall be added to you, meaning to say divine structure, divine order, divine deployment, when we all obey and comply with it, it releases 
what to eat, it releases what to wear, it releases what to drink, and famine is chased away. Famine becomes history and it becomes not part of us. So in conclusion, I am saying God's desire, God's perfect desire is that we be a peculiar people. We be a royal priesthood. We be not common. We must be uncommon. We must be extraordinary. And this is my prayer. This is what I prayed last night. And I said to God, you, 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 you called us to be extraordinary. So I must not be surprised when you have removed us from the ordinary supplies, common uh, supplies. You have removed us from the things that we were so used to without thinking and without regard every day. Now you are calling us back to yourself. Remember, he removed them. He took them out of Egypt like the eagle with its wings, taking its nestlings from the, the land of Egypt, and he brought them to himself. He didn't even bring them to uh, the, the, the land of Canaan. He first brought them to himself because it's pointless to go to Canaan if you are not in him. If you are not in God through Christ, it's pointless to try to go and achieve those big things that you are trying to achieve because all of them will just be monuments and idols. So tonight and today and this morning, depending with which part of the world you are, I say to you, the door is open for you once again to humble yourself, turn from your wicked ways, seek God's face and pray. And the opportunity and the promise is there for God to heal the land when he has forgiven your sin, when he has forgiven, when he has heard your cry and your, your prayer. And we are doing that and I'm encouraging everyone that we do it together in different parts of the world. You are free to contact us on this broadcast on WhatsApp plus 263-772-434-104. This is our WhatsApp where we are humbly in this situation of a lockdown speaking nonetheless the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord is not bound. God richly bless you. Circulate and send this message to somebody who needs it. And we meet again in the next broadcast. God bless you richly.